Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Believe in the Jaguars right here on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. And of course, as always, I am joined by my co-host, James Johnson, the managing editor of the Jaguars Wire. And Jay, as you will say here in just a moment when we get to our guest, we are in the final home stretch of the draft just a couple of weeks away. And because of that, we have brought in a really, really awesome draft expert for today's or for this week's episode and uh man i'm really excited for everyone to hear this conversation we have with joe because he was great yeah man um like we said and like you've already said you know they'll hear it in the actual bit that we uh shot with joe but um yeah man we just we wanted to get somebody in house you know because you know believe has those kind of specialists as well and shine a spotlight on um you know and that's kind of been a theme this year too it's like i wanted to shine a spotlight on the people um, outside of Mel Kuyper, you know, outside of, um, you know, DJ, who who is a friend of the show. You know, we consider everybody that comes on as a friend of the show. Um, but, you know, we wanted to shine a light on those guys as well as the people you see on TV is how I wanted to put it. And, uh, yeah, like you said, Joe does good work with the um, Believe in Draft Prospects uh, podcast. And he also does some work with the um, they have a FCS Believe podcast as well. And as as the people will see, you know, he shed a lot of light on some prospects uh, that we had questions about and, you know, shed some light on, you know, not necessarily what the Jags would do, because that's our expertise. Uh, but he shed some light on some of these guys that we've mentioned frequently um, in, in cohesion or, or, you know, in association with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I think the people really like this one. And, uh, yeah, it was a great episode, and we appreciate him for coming on. Yeah, for those of you that are NFL draft junkies like the rest of us, definitely check out the Believe in NFL Draft Prospect show. I started listening to it here over the last couple of days when we uh, when we thought about reaching out uh, to Joe. Between him, Alex, and Ryan, they have a really, really awesome chemistry. It's, it's definitely one of the better podcasts out there. So definitely check that out. We'll, of course, make sure to link that in the show notes. Of course, we want to give a shout out to one of our OG sponsors, which is, of course, Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online is covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
And of course, we want to give a shout out to all of you that have gone out of your way and headed on over to Apple Podcasts, that purple icon, and left that five-star review. It is one of the best ways to help the show. It helps us get noticed. It lets us know that you think we're doing a good job. So if you are enjoying the show and you haven't gotten an opportunity to do that and you are listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave that five-star review. We, of course, are also available on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. And you can, of course, tweet the show at Believe in Jack's Pod. Find the show on Instagram as well at Believe in Jack's Pod. You can find Jay at SportsGrind underscore Don and myself at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. So, folks, we're going to get to our discussion with draft analyst Joe DeLeon here from the Believe Network in just a moment. But really quick, Jay, you know, it, it's, it's kind of funny. We were talking about it last week and, you know, with summer coming up, I, I really need to get find my way out there to you. And, you know, we can hit some of those fishing holes over by your place and, and just, you know, relax, open up a drink and, and you know, catch some fish. Yeah, man, it's so much to do out here in terms of fishing. We can head out to Seminole County out there if you want do some bass fishing and they do all kind of tournaments out there. I don't know if we're trying to get that deep into it. Um, we can hit some catfish <laughs> ponds, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, just, just enjoy nature. Like my horoscope as a tourist says I should, which, I mean, that's, that's kind of been a thing for me anyway. I've been a nature person, but yeah, I'm with you, man. When you come down to Georgia, we got you. We'll head down to a catfish pond and we'll do some fishing. Yeah, as long as we can still see the land. I'm not going out on a boat, you know what I'm saying? I don't trust you or our buddy Josh to not just push me over. And you know what? Maybe you just leave me there. Maybe you find a way to get my PlayStation 5. But the reason I I bring that up and the reason we're talking about fishing is because we're really excited about our newest sponsor, Monster Bass. Monster Bass is the fun and affordable way to get the best new baits from the fishing industry's top brands delivered to your door each month. They're a premium subscription fishing company that handpicks the best baits based on where you live and fish no more guessing on which baits are going to work. Just leave it to the pros at Monster Bass. Basically, it's like having your own personal fishing guide, and it's changing the way bass fishermen shop for baits. They're quickly becoming the number one fishing brand of anglers everywhere. They've got the best baits from the best brands, and you're covered by the industry's best customer service. So if you want to catch bigger bass this season, head on over to MonsterBass.com and use the code JAGS10 to get $10 off your first box. Sign up for Monster Bass now. All right, folks. And with all of that out of the way, let's get into our discussion with draft analyst Joe DeLeon from Believe in NFL Draft Prospects. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Believe in Jags podcast. We have our special guest in the Zoom conference with us right now, uh, Joe DeLeon. And you know how me and Phil basically have been saying that we're going to get on draft related guests and people that know the draft. Well, we look within our own group within the house, uh, within the Believe family, if you will. And we got one our own here. And uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Joe, you can follow him at Joe DeLeon, that's D-E-L-E-O-N-E, on Twitter. And you can follow his uh, many, many outlets that he covers the draft through and just covers in general. Um, He covers with Big Blue Review, which is the SB Nation site for the Giants. And also, um, he, of course, covers the draft through believe with the NFL draft prospects podcast. So all of that said, Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on me and Phil. Appreciate your time, man. Uh, and as always, we always enjoy talking to draft with whoever we can find. And uh, it just felt right to get one our own and uh, talk about this situation as we are what two weeks away from the draft. Uh, I think it's what seven o'clock on this end yet seven thirty. So yeah, exactly like two weeks away, literally. And uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars will be starting this thing off 
by taking Trevor Lawrence. Uh, at least that's what they've been telling us so far. They might surprise us, right, Phil? But uh, they're going to start it off. Yeah, don't speak it into it. Don't even, <laughs> please. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That, that good old, uh, that, I don't know if y'all saw it, but that uh, Sports Illustrated article might change their minds, right, Phil? <laughs> but, that might be enough. That I might hope, be enough to I throw them off. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we, we know good and well they're going to take uh, Trevor Lawrence and yeah we got about five questions for you here my man so I'll start it off um we saw that you also cover the FCS and um interesting enough you know like the Jacksonville Jaguars could end up with their 10 picks taking somebody from the FCS if you would just talk about your top prospects coming out of the FCS we know about Trey Lance uh we know about um his left tackle uh Dylan Radance and uh, there's a few other guys out there that have been um pretty much put out there but um who are your top guys from the fcs in your opinion i guess you can give us your top five or whatever the case may be or just some guys in general that you're high on from the fcs yeah so the the obvious one and the one that i think i'm going to avoid is trey lance because for the jacksonville jaguars sake they're not going to be taking trey lance again unless we just spoke into existence some crazy curveball that happens at the first overall pick but I do believe that Dylan Radons, who is out of North Dakota State, could be in play at the top of the second round for the Jaguars. Same thing for Spencer Brown out of Northern Iowa. If you happen to tune into my show, and if you didn't, folks, go check it out. When we talked about Spencer Brown, Ryan Roberts, my co-host, absolutely loves him. I've gotten the chance to speak with him when I did an FCS panel with Ryan a while back. And the dude is a physical monster. He's six foot nine, over 300 pounds, stupidly long arms, but he can still rep it out on the bench. Go look look up his pro day numbers. I don't have the exact numbers off the top of my head, but the dude ran a 4.840. He ran uh, in his three cone, I believe. It was sub seven seconds. The ability for this dude to move at his size is not normal, and I think Spencer Brown is going to be ultimately one of the most underrated prospects in this draft that should be getting more attention. It's just because he's coming from you and I. He didn't play this season. He's not going to get the level of recognition that he should, but he is a rare athlete at the tackle spot, almost like a Mike McGlinchey, I think, in terms of his physical profile. His teammate, Ellerson Smith, I'm also a really big fan of. Similar type of uh, type of player. He's an edge rusher, though. Opposite side of things, been going against each other every single day in practice. And it's interesting, if you talk to the both of them, they talk about how going against each other really helped them develop each other's game. But Smith, six foot seven, 260, also a really good athlete. He's going to be a little bit more of a later round prospect. If you, but if you want to bolster your your pass rush, I think Ellerson Smith could could work out really well. But if we're talking about some other guys coming out of the FCS that are draftable prospects, the other two main ones that come to mind are Brian Mills from NC Central. He is an underrated corner prospect. He has looked pretty good. He looked good in the Senior Bowl. And then Robert Rochelle, the Central. Arkansas corner who came in a little bit shorter than we thought he was. Everybody talked about how he was this tall, long corner ends up being, I think five foot 11 was how he measured in, but he's still talented. He's still draftable. He's going to end up on an NFL roster separate from that. There's not really a lot of big names like we typically have just because most guys decided to go back and that's because they're playing right now. The FCS is playing in the spring. So there's less guys in the pool, but there's still some talented names to be aware of. Yeah, yeah, you named some names that I'm familiar with, with uh, Spencer Brown from uh, UNI, um, if I'm not mistaken. Same school as uh, David Johnson. I can remember scouting David Johnson uh, yes. b- back in uh, the Senior Bowl days, and uh, he he stood out to me then. And it uh, looks like they got another 
big time prospect coming out of there. Uh, from what I can rec- recollect in the mock drafts I've done and seen, uh, Spencer Brown is supposed to be roughly a third to fourth, you know, round pick from from the projections I've seen. As you said, yeah, big specimen. You know, this kid is like super tall. Um, a lot of the projections that I've seen, at least, or the ones I've read have him as like a right tackle, which I noticed we'll talk about that later, maybe, but I noticed that's a trend with this tackle class. It's a deep tackle class. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of these guys project to be right tackles or guards for that matter. And it's not a lot of pure, I guess how they put it, pure left tackles, but still nonetheless, that's somebody that the Jazz could look at because, you know, what if uh, Jawan Taylor doesn't work out on the right side because he had a pretty bad year last year. So, you know, that's somebody they can consider, especially if he's around somehow in the fourth or fifth round. You you definitely get good value there. And, uh, yeah, as you said, Dylan Radins, uh, he's another guy that I've actually talked about on the site. I had to look it up when you were actually talking about it. But I had him as one of the standouts of the senior bowl from, you know, all of the notes that I recollected. And, uh, yeah, he's a guy that, you know, good footwork, good athleticism. And as you said, you you hit the nail on the head. Pick number thirty three. That could be where he can go for them. Yeah. Uh, pick number forty five if he's still available. I've seen mock drafts where he's gone before then. And I've even heck, I've even seen some. I saw one with the Pittsburgh Steelers today where they took him in the first round. So, you know, he's a guy that's ascending, and he showed that he can stand with the big boys, or he can he can play with the big boys at the Senior Bowl, uh, much like Ben Barch did last year from um you know St. John's. So. Uh, the next question, I'm going to pass off to Phil as um he has one to ask you about the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Guys. So, of course, you know, we, we got we to gotta address, you know, the the pretty much well-known elephant in the room. I'll tell you a story here, Joe. We tell this to all of our guests we've had on here in the last few months because we learned this really fun story that, of course, you know, within the office of the Jacksonville Jaguars, specifically the ticket office, they're not allowed to refer to Trevor Lawrence by name. So he is just referred to as 16 around the office. So of course you can't tip your hat. Of course, you know, they got the rules to follow and you know, what have you, but you know, we are going to talk about him because everyone is talking right now about this sports illustrated story, which we're going to get to here in just a moment. But first we want to, you know, there's been a lot of talk of course about Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence here lately. And, you know, right around this time, you're going to get conversations like this. You know, I can't recall, 100% what it was when Joe Burrow was coming out last year, but I'm sure there were, you know, there were talks of, Oh, I would take this guy over, over Joe Burrow, but this time, you know, it's Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. What is your take on, you know, just these, these analysts having their rankings as well as how do you rank the top five quarterbacks in this class in general? So first I have to say, I, I was tasked recently with updating all the, the show bios on the website. So I recently just did yours before you guys reached out to me. And don't hate me for this, but I did put Trevor Lawrence in your host bi- or your show bio because I said to myself, I'm not going back and changing this. We know who they're taking. It, there's no point. But in terms of how I think this quarterback class shakes out, first of all, Trevor Lawrence, clear head above everybody else, is the clear cut first overall pick. I don't know why people are so surprised by the comments that he made because the dude. He's got the long hair. He's got the most laid back personality. He's not fiery. This is not, uh, a, a, you know, Patrick Mahomes. This guy is extremely laid back. It doesn't mean that he's not going to be competitive, but uh, the guy is going to be very, very good for the Jacksonville Jaguars for a very long time. For me after that, though, 
I, I think it's very close between Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. It's just a matter of what you like more. I think Justin Fields is the better athlete. I think Justin Fields is going to end up having the better career in my eyes. I, I think Zach Wilson might be a little bit overhyped. And if anything, I'm a little bit more concerned about Zach Wilson's background than I am with Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. We have to acknowledge the fact that Zach Wilson comes from a very wealthy family. He has been you know, there's been concerns that he's a little bit pompous, kind of like a Josh, Josh Rosen type situation that hasn't really been talked about a ton. But if you do speak with people that have sources with scouts and also do the background research, it does pop up. Now, I don't think that's going to impact him like it did with Josh Rosen, but uh, Zach Wilson, that concern is there. Trey Lance is going to be that fourth guy for me. I I've watched him throughout his whole career, albeit very brief since I've been covering the FCS. And I just see the talent. He has an enormous ceiling, a great arm. His ability to run the football at his size as a quarterback is unique. He's not like Lamar Jackson. He's not. I was. I did a radio spot yesterday, and and uh, the guy was talking to me as if he was like Lamar Jackson. I don't see that. I see more so a guy that is powerful, is big, not afraid of contact. He almost runs like a power back. So for me, he's at four, and then I'd put Mac Jones at five. I, I don't think... Mac Jones deserves to be ahead of any of those four guys. And I keep getting flack for it. And I keep saying it. I keep putting it out there on Twitter. I was going to say, listening to y'all show, you guys are not yeah. fans of Mac Jones. <laughs> I really don't like Mac Jones. I've been against Mac Jones since. So I'm a, I'm a Notre Dame fan. And Ryan and I used to cover Notre Dame uh, for Locked On before I took the producer job with Believe. And I was, I've been bashing Mac Jones for a while now. I just, I don't get it. The guy has an average arm physically as an athlete is below average. He is consistent. He's accurate, but you have to take into consideration out of context. The situation he was in was the best situation out of all of these other quarterbacks. He has a Heisman trophy winning receiver, which does not happen an elite running back an elite offensive line, not to mention the fact that most of his offense was dump offs and screen passes. So of course the guy's going to look better than he actually is. I'm probably going to end up eating my words because takes like this tend to bite me in the ass, but I don't know. I just don't get it with Mac Jones. He'll probably be a, uh, you know, a decent, he could be Andy Dalton, but I'm right. not taking Andy Dalton third overall. Let me, let me ask you this Jay, and I'm, I'm going to shout out, you know, our fellow, another one of our fellow believe hosts, Denard Walker. We had Denard Walker from believe in the Titans on a few months ago. And Jay, I don't know if you remember this. Denard Walker told us they should pick Jacksonville's own Mac Jones. Do you want to take a oh moment to address God. Denard Denard here really quick? <laughs> I don't see that. I don't. I, to, to That's what he said. Mac Is that Jones. not what he said, Jay? I'm not, I'm not misremembering that, right? That's what he said. With all due respect for all the years he put in the game, that is what he said, <laughs> if I can oh recall. Oh, my God. And I was like, uh, I don't know about that, Denard. I mean, like, look, I know he's from Jacksonville and, you know, all of that good stuff. But for, for me, like, what it is is, like, I don't want to say I don't like him. I'm, I'm not as high on him as a lot of people like you too, Joe. But for me, it's just like, look, man, he's literally had, like, Every time he stepped on the field, like six first round picks on the field with him, you know, whether that's on the offensive line, whether that's on uh, the receiving core, they especially have recruited just crazy at receiver. We've seen those guys. I mean, Jalen Waddle and and um and Smith are going first this year. And then it was some guys uh, like Judy that went first last year. I mean, in the offensive line, I mean, like they are, while a lot of their offensive linemen don't translate on the NFL level, Alabama's like the king of offensive line prospects in terms of getting them out of high school and so on and so forth. So, like, you know, that just kind of plays a big, big 
uh, it plays into that big for me in terms of his evaluation. Um, that I mean, that's not to say he doesn't have skill and he isn't talented. You know, Mel Kuyper was talking about him today in the conference call and how he can maneuver in the pocket, not necessarily mobile, mobile, but a guy that can maneuver in the pocket. And, uh, you know, a guy that just has it all right upstairs. That's what everybody saw at the Senior Bowl, right? And, uh, you know, he has the uh, the down-to-field accuracy. So, essentially, what we're talking about is a Tom Brady, Drew Brees type. But, again, that's just – those are hard standards to play by in today's NFL. Those guys don't grow on trees. There's a reason why it was just Tom Brady and Drew Brees as pure pocket passers in the league for a long, long time. I, I think if you swap Mac Jones and Zach Wilson – and you put them on their opposite teams, we would. this would be a completely different conversation. We wouldn't be talking about Mac Jones because if he's not supported by what he had, he might have done okay, but I don't think he'd be in the top 10 conversation like he is right now. And, and that's what you have to consider. You're drafting a quarterback to step in and start at some point on a bad football team. Trevor Lawrence is somebody who I know is going to step in and be able to do that. Justin Fields is somebody I know who can step in and do that. Zach Wilson, I'm a little bit shaky on Trevor or uh, Trey Lance. I don't want him to do that because he needs time to develop, but Mac Jones does not have a high ceiling. You put him into a spot with a bad offensive line and one good receiver. What is he going to bring to the table? Now the 49ers might help out that situation because they're the only really good team in the mix. But I think regardless, I just, I don't see what value he brings. He's like a later end first round pick. If you really want to get somebody for the future. Well, Joe, listen, if this does come back and bite you, we'll just erase the episode. So if, if you now do if the opposite, put, put, <laughs> post it out on social media, say, look at this idiot. I, I, I'm serious. Go for it. <laughs> you know what? That's what right, me well, and Phil have. We've embraced is when we're wrong. We, we're just going to say we're wrong. You okay. know what I'm saying? I, I was I was actually going to wait until the very end of this episode to point this out. Recently, you guys did a hot takes episode, which I really appreciated, really enjoyed because we did that right before the beginning of last season. And my hot take, I don't know why I keep outing myself like this, by the way, Jay, I don't know. I'm I'm proud. I guess I'm really proud of this failure. If we're we're talking about being outed, my hot take going into last season was that Josh Oliver, third round tight end selection from a couple of seasons ago, was going to lead the team in touchdown receptions. (laughs) (laughs) He was then hurt. He was put on IR, did not play the remainder of the year. And of course, now he's not on the team. So you know, I can appreciate, a, a, you know, a, a hot take and going out on the limb because I certainly put myself out there. Jeez, you got us out here looking real bad as a podcast, man. And I don't appreciate it either because somebody going to go back to it and, and then just pull a look at those idiots right there on us. But, hey, that's you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. That's the fun in journalism. It's just admitting when you're wrong. Like, I, I just, well, you know, that's a right. part of it. And when you do a hot takes podcast. I think people need to realize you're trying to say things that are a little right. bit out there. You're trying to exactly. have some fun with it. But people don't realize that sometimes. Exactly. Well, I, and I brought up the tight end because uh, Jay has a question about that position specifically. Of course, the Jaguars still definitely need to address that. But really quick, before we let Jay ask that question, I want to give a quick break here for one of our sponsors. Hey, guys, here's something you didn't know about me. I don't relax well. With my crazy life, it's just hard for me to shut off my brain and chill. I overthink. I get easily stressed out, and it really sucks. So I did my homework and found Sunday Scaries, which are delicious and vitamin-boosted CBD gummies. They become a must-have in my daily routine, and they chill me out in just about 20 minutes. Basically, they help me take the edge off so I can maintain my composure and live scare-free. And there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. If the product's not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. 
Sunday Scaries is in the stress relieving business, not the stress causing business. I got you 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com and use my promo code JAGS for your discount. That's promo code JAGS for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're effing amazing and you won't regret joining their squad. So before I get into my question uh, about Pat Frymouth, um, who is just real popular in Jacksonville right now because uh, his uh, positions coach is on the staff, uh, formerly uh, Tyler Bowen, who was with Penn State. Uh, I did want to address something that you did say, Joe, there about, you know, the Trevor Lawrence interview with SI and him being laid back and, you know, with the hair and everything. Like, I'm glad you touched on that because that's something I wanted to address on this podcast, too. That has a lot of people worried, you know, and like you said, I don't understand why people are surprised because that's just who he is. He's just a laid back guy and so on and so forth. But, you know, for people to question his dedication well, first and foremost, the Jags aren't changing their mind at this point. But for people like the fans to question his dedication, this is my thing. I, I reflect and I talk to Phil about this in the text. I reflect back to when, you know, pre-COVID or whatever the case may be, or actually it was during COVID when they were saying that, hey, we're not having a college football season. You know, he was one of the guys and credit to Justin, uh, Justin Fields, too, if I can recall. These were two of the guys stepping to the forefront saying, let's play football. You know, he was the voice of football or college football at the time. He was the Tom Brady and Drew Brees for his, his I guess you could say his league, the college football realm at that moment. And they played football. And look, he didn't have to play. People forget about that. He could have very well just hung it up and said, look, I'll just wait to the draft. And he was still going first overall. So for those questioning the dedication, in my opinion, like I just reflect back to that moment in particular and it's like, uh, well, you know, like, yeah, his coach is, I think that was his high school coach that said he could leave today. Well, he had an opportunity to leave college football for the year and came back. And, uh, you know, I just want to let people know, like, and reflect back on that moment in terms of if you, you ever, like, find yourself kind of questioning Trevor Lawrence's commitment to football, well, I think that speaks volumes about it. And um, I don't know how you and Phil feel on it, but, like, that instantly popped up in my head that moment did when, you know, these questions started to pop up. Yeah, I'm on the same page with you, and, and I want to preface this by saying that I also am against the the people that suddenly have character concerns with Justin Fields. Like, that, to me, I think is a bunch of nonsense. I think people are treating Justin Fields like Deshaun Watson a few years ago where he was picked apart, and then Deshaun Watson is where at one point was an MVP candidate. We don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson going forward. Not worth going over that. But I, I think Trevor Lawrence, though, I don't understand why there should be much concern. We've seen his personality. We've heard him talk. And you talked about all the things that clearly shows that he's passionate about the game. But the dude has been number one since he came out of high school, since he got to Clemson, since he uh, has, has played at Clemson. He's known that he's the best player. He literally said he owned up to the fact that why would I act like I have a chip on my shoulder when I've already earned all the things that I have. And it's not like he's coming from a, a difficult background. Like some of the, some other guys in the draft, he, there's no point in him pretending. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The guy's owning up to the fact that I don't need to feel like I, I you know, I need to act like I'm, uh, I'm trying to achieve something that I haven't gotten to. He knows he's the first overall pick. He knows that he's talented. If anything, I, I think it projects confidence. And I, I like that even better than somebody who's constantly trying to disprove people um, it's nice to have that in a player. And I think that's what motivates a lot of NFL guys. But if your quarterback's confident and he knows that he's capable of performing at a high level to the point where he doesn't need to prove anybody wrong, that's fantastic. And I'd rather have a guy that stays even keel as a quarterback than somebody who gets too high or too low. So if people want to get upset about it, 
if he ends up winning you a Super Bowl in in in, in down the line in his career, you're not going to be complaining about it then. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head. I said the exact thing. In 15 years, if he gives you one Super Bowl for the Jacksonville Jaguars, that's a success. If he gives you a Tom Brady or, an, excuse me, a Drew Brees or a Peyton Manning-like career, and I'm talking about Peyton Manning with the Colts, just one Super Bowl, if he gives you a one Super Bowl, you know, stint in 15 years, that's a success, especially when you consider where the Jags are coming from. So, um, yeah, I'm with you on that, man. And and look, man, if, if that guy, quote-unquote, lacks passion and he's that good and that much better than Zach Wilson, uh, then that speaks volume, <laughs> volumes about how good he is. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, to um to not digress from the point here, um, as Phil said, I got a question on the tight ends. And, um, you know, a popular name, as I said, Pat Frymouth with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I recently, again, was on the conference call with Mel Kuyper. He has Hunter Long going to the Jags in the second round over Pat Frymouth. And it might be because of the, the injury. Um, I think he's dealing with a uh, shoulder surgery recovery at the moment. But um, what do you think of this class in terms of the tight ends in general? Because it's not really spoke upon when you look aside from Pat and you look aside from um, Kyle Pitts from Florida, who is also a popular figure in the Jazz community. I honestly think that this tight end group is is very underrated. Coming into the season, those who had done their summer scouting were talking about how this is a very talented tight end group. There were some that believed Pat Fryermuth was better than Kyle Pitts and that there were going to be two top 15 tight ends going, but Fryermuth dealing with the injury kind of pushes him out of the conversation. Kyle Pitts has a crazy season. He's going to be a top 10 pick or top 15 pick. I think if Fryermuth wasn't hurt, we'd have two first rounders at the very least, but Brevin Jordan, Hunter Long, and then you could also kind of throw in Tommy Tremble or a talented top five that you have there. After that, it starts to thin out a little bit. There's some decent depth, but I think Brevin Jordan has a, a decent ceiling. He's a good athlete. Hunter Long is going to turn out to be, I think, a, a very good pro for whoever takes him. If he goes into a, a tight end friendly system, he was their number one option last season for Boston College, a team that didn't really do that great offensively, didn't have a lot of very good receivers. Phil Dracovic just loved hitting Hunter Long. So if he ends up being Jacksonville's pick, in the in the second round, um, I wouldn't be upset with that. He's going to be a very good pro. He's going to be a consistent target for Trevor Lawrence if they end up picking him. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of like how underrated it is at the top, at least. I mean, and then you got the kids like you know Trey McKitty uh, that you can get like in the fourth and fifth round that people are kind of overlooking because I mean he came from Georgia where Georgia kind of has underutilized tight ends as of late. In recent history, they it used to didn't be that way. I'm a Georgia fan, but now it is, and it's weird. So you know, he's a guy that could have a high ceiling. But yeah, I agree. It's not like the the defensive tackle class, which I think we got a question on that later in the road. But it's not as bad as the defensive tackle class, and just some of these other classes in this draft where you look at it and say, oh man, like if we didn't get our guy in free agency, like we we might have to scramble to get our guy. So. Um, Phil, I'm going to let you have the next question. Yeah, folks, again, we are speaking with Joe DeLeon from Believe in the NFL Draft pod, uh, Prospects podcast. You can follow him at Joe DeLeon. That's D-E-L-E-O-N-E. So, Joe, I want to ask you about this safety class because, you know, lately, you know, especially with our, our mocks, we've been mocking either Trayvon Merrick or Javon Holland uh, in recent mock drafts. And back in January, I was listening to an episode you guys did about the safety class. And you and your co-host said, there weren't necessarily any players worth, quote, banging the drum for 
in this class. Do you still do you still feel that way? I mean, January was a while ago, and of course, this draft process, it's a long one. So do you still feel that way? Yeah, and I think that Alex and Ryan had the same thought process at the beginning of the season. I'd have to go back and listen. I'm kind of curious now that you bring it up, what we said when we did our summer scouting shows. I I don't really think that there's like a name in this class that you you can say like, wow, this guy is going to be an elite prospect. And we had that last year when there weren't really anybody, there wasn't really anybody that stood out. And I think uh, Xavier McKinney ended up being the first safety off the board. And there were a bunch of guys that went in the second round. That was when the run on safeties went. I think we're probably going to end up getting a similar type wave here with this year's safety class. The name that I like to bring up and Ryan is a huge fan of him. I think if he wasn't injured, we'd be talking about him more, but Andre Cisco out of Syracuse ends up having his season cut short because of a knee injury has to recover and all that before that though, the dude was killing it. He had a really good season the year before he started the season really hot and then the injury kills him. And with any prospect an injury is always going to pull back your draft stock a little bit. You're going to get a good talented player for cheaper, but I, I think Cisco, if he was healthy and Ryan has said this a ton because he's a huge fan of Andre Cisco. If, uh, if he was healthy, he'd probably be that guy that teams would be banging the drum for or, or would be willing to take in the first round. So if you were the, if you were, you know, put yourself in the, in the shoes of, of, of the Jags here at 25 or 33, do you think it's worth taking one of those names that we mentioned at safety or would you address other positions? Like we just talked about tight end, you know, edge rusher or something along those lines. I, I would honestly wait until the second round because similar to last year, don't be the team that takes the first safety. Wait until somebody takes them in the second round. And you you guys have early picks in the second round. So why not just wait? It's not like you're you're picking in the middle of the second round or the middle of the first round and then you're not picking again until the middle of the second round. You might as well fill those other positions of need at the positions that are top heavy and then just wait for somebody else to take somebody. If you're not in love with anyone, which I would doubt that they would be in love with a particular safety in this class, you're better off being patient. And you'll probably still end up with a really good player if you need to address that safety spot. Well, I will hand it off to Jay for our last question here. Yeah, you talked about your, um, you know, your top FCS prospects or, you know, some favorites of yours earlier. Uh, but who are some late round gems for you that you really like in this class? Yeah, I, I think if we're, if we're talking about those late round guys, uh, the one that I, and I already spoke about him a little bit was Ellerson Smith. I think that Ellerson Smith is is definitely a very, very underrated prospect in this in this class. Dwayne Eskridge looked really, really good at the uh, at the senior bowl, a guy that really increased his draft stock and his his current draft stock is, I think, a little bit volatile right now. There's not really a set spot where he's at. I mean, you can also talk about Demetric Felton, the UCLA wide receiver who looked very, very good also at the senior bowl. Somebody who I think deserves also a little bit more recognition, Benjamin Satan Juiced from Minnesota. Um, I, I know I'm naming a lot of senior bowl guys, but that was really the, the forefront of being able to see these players and get to see them in game action because we didn't really get any exposure with uh, the NFL combine, but Benjamin St. Juice, six foot three, 200 pound corner. I, I really liked what I saw from him at the senior bowl. The guy covered really, really well. And I think that you could end up getting, uh, you know, ultimately a very, very talented corner. If you're looking just to fill that spot later on in the draft um, in terms of maybe just a couple other guys that stand out to me, I, I would maybe throw in there uh, on a, on Deta Kumbo Ogundeji, Adi Ogundeji from Notre Dame. I've been a big fan of his since I was covering them. 
And I actually got to speak with him when I was still doing the Locked On Irish podcast. I think the dude's very talented. The dude's explosive. He just needs to put it together a little bit more. If he can kind of get all that talent that he has up to play speed, I think he could be a very good rotational uh, defensive lineman, edge rusher uh, for your team. And then the one that we keep hearing about that keeps getting brought up, I'm going to wrap it up with this one. Quinn Miners, I think, would be a very, very good fit in that Jacksonville offensive line. Uh, you could probably get him sometime in round three, round four. He probably won't last much longer than that because I think a lot of teams are in love with him. But the dude is a, a baller. He is a, a monster. He's a mauler-type offensive lineman. That's what you want when you get a Division three guy. Some like uh, Someone like Ali Marpet out of Hobart. I think that Quinn Miners could be that type of player. You don't need him to be an elite offensive lineman, but if he's a consistent starting center for you for 10 years, Heck, that's fantastic. So I think Quinn Miners is another really, really good name to keep keep uh, keep an eye on. Yeah, you're the second person to mention him in um, our podcast earlier. We had on Justin Mello, uh, I think it was a month or two ago, and he spoke of um, of the draft network. He spoke on Miners, and yeah, like again, just kind of going back to Miners' projection, he had this like Ben Barch like projection. Um, from last year, that's I know I keep bringing him up, but you know Ben Barch goes into the Senior Bowl out of St. John's. Nobody really knows the kid. He goes out there and shows he can ball with the big boys, and bam! Now he's going in the you know early in the fourth round to the Jags. Quinn Miners' projection is even higher. Like you said, you know third round. I've seen him go early third round. I've seen some people even take him late in the second. So you know that makes sense in terms of you know your thoughts on him. And yeah, I think like. He would definitely be a good fit. He would especially have been a good fit, though, with Doug Marone here. Uh, but, I mean, that's not to say this. I mean, they kept their offensive line coach, George Warhop, so I can see it still happening um, nonetheless. And I wouldn't be mad with that. I don't think anybody would be mad with that, um, despite him going to Wisconsin Whitewater. So, yeah, I mean, in terms for me, like a few late-round guys I've seen, uh, Kate Johnson, he went to the Senior Bowl as well. Uh, from um, he played with the uh, Jack Rabbits, if I'm not mistaken. Javion Hawkins is an uh, Hawkins is another one from um, Louisville. Kind of this electric speedster out of the backfield that Urban Meyer could use. Those are two names I wanted to throw out there. Um, but yeah, before we wrap this up, I wanted to ask you one last question because I haven't really heard anybody talk on this prospect for me, and it's one of my favorite prospects in the draft. Um, and you know, maybe you could speak on it living on the West Coast. What are your thoughts on Joe Tryon? I feel like it's a mixed bag with Joe Tryon because you see him as being a late first round prospect. Some people just straight up don't see it. And he's a third round prospect. I honestly, I'm kind of in the middle here. I don't know if I would take him in the first round. He did really well against Penny Sewell. And that's where the, you know, where the hype comes from. But I mean, he's good. He's a good pass rusher. This is a bit of an iffy edge class. I think there's going to be a lot of volatility in terms of what people project and what we actually see in the draft there's a lot of really decent mid-round guys that'll probably be good rotational pieces and that end up being like a Matt Judon type career where like 10 sacks like we'll probably get a good chunk of those guys but we're not going to have a Chase Young or um, a, a Nick Bosa an elite guy like that and I think Joe Tryon kind of fits into that mold of where he'll get taken somewhere in the middle of that pack and be a, a decent pro. Yeah, you know, that's exactly why I brought that up, because, you know, as you said, some people got him going early first. Some people got him going uh, mid second. Some people got him going third. I've slotted him to the Jags admittedly at 45, which that's the pick they got from the uh, the Vikings. 
Um, because, I mean, like like you said, he kind of feels like one of those rotational Matt Judon type of guys that uh, they would like because they have Joe Cullen on their staff, who was the Baltimore Ravens defensive line coach. He feels like a Baltimore Raven rotational type of player. And that's why I keep slotting him to the Jags. So, yeah, that was my last question. And let's feel you have any more on your end over there. No, we're going to wrap it up here in just a moment. But if you get to ask a question about a prospect that you like, then I'm going to do it, even though you told me not to. I want to know, as a uh, Texas Longhorn fan, I want to know your thoughts on our guy, Sam Ellinger, who felt like he was at Texas for like eight seasons. But I, not that I'm complaining, but he's been, <laughs> he felt like he'd been there for a long time. But what do you think, just as a fan, uh, me being a fan, you know, Sam Ellinger's ceiling is in the league? You know, is he longtime backup? You know, can he be a starter? And how many Super Bowls will he win? Was the last question. How many Super Bowls? I'm not even going to address that one. I look, I think Sam Ellinger. Uh, he was an okay college quarterback. Uh, not really, didn't really do a whole lot for me in, in terms of what he has arm talent wise. I just, I, he'd be lucky, I think, to stick around as a backup. I just, I don't know what value he entirely provides. Is he somebody that you can bring in and is going to keep your team on schedule? That's what you want with a backup quarterback. You want somebody that if your starter goes down, you bring him in you're winning a football game and keeps everything in check. I don't know if I can really say that about Sam Ellinger. He'll probably get a shot. He'll probably bounce around a little bit, but I, I don't think he's really someone who is going to consistently stick around. Ryan always jokes that he's, he's better off playing fullback based on how he's built, but uh, no, I don't really see, see much from Sam Ellinger. Seems like we lost Joe's connection. That's so crazy. I don't know what <laughs> happened there. <laughs> no, that, that that's uh, again, um, yeah, I'm, of course, going to always be a huge fan of Sam and what he did at, at Texas. Of course, we, we fell short quite a few times, um, but just wanted to get, uh, you know, get, get your uh, um, your views on him. But again, Joe, we thank you so much for your time. And uh, it was it was awesome that we were able to connect right here, like like Jay said, within the Believe family. So before we get out of here, you know, if you want to let everybody know in our audience where they can find all of your work going forward. Yeah, give me a follow, as you guys said, at Joe DeLeon. And then I'm the host of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast and also the Believe in FCS football podcast. So be sure to check that out. We have a page for the NFL Draft Prospects podcast on Twitter at NFL Prospects Pod. And you can find all of our, our content for both of those shows on wherever you find a podcast and Believe.com. Absolutely. All that, of course, will be linked in the show notes. Joe, again, thank you so much for your time. I hope you're doing safe and maybe we'll, get, you know, we'll all get to connect when all this craziness is over and maybe we'll see each other at Radio Row next year. That's coming to, to your neck of the woods. So that would be, yeah, that would be pretty dope. We've always wanted to do that. So, you know, maybe that that's uh, in our future, but Joe, take care and uh, we will speak to you soon, our friend. All right. Thanks again for having me on anytime guys. Yeah, Joe, take care. All right, folks. Well, there you have it. Uh, once again, shout out to Joe for giving us some of his time. And just like Jay said, you know, we wanted to shine a spotlight on some of the guys that are out there and that are just putting in the work and, you know, are super knowledgeable when it comes to not only the draft, but just football in general. And uh, Joe was was awesome. And he definitely delivered, which didn't surprise me at all, Jay, after listening to their podcast. As I said, it is it's excellent. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, I've listened to a few episodes in the past. And then I saw the, um, you know, how uh, Believe Sports uh, put it up on their IG. They put up a uh, sound beat. And um, that reminded me, I was like, hey, I need to reach out to those guys. And um, lo and behold, went hard to get a hold of them. And uh, Joe came on. 
um, and shared some knowledge with us. And hopefully, you know, with the draft coming up, we can get one more draft guest on. Uh, we'll see. Uh, because, like, it's it's crunch time now. Everybody's going to be busy. Everybody's got their radio dates. And I'm expecting something to hit me soon as well. So, uh, but we'll try nonetheless and uh, maybe even try and get a podcast up before the draft, which, as everybody knows, falls on a Thursday. Yeah, folks, like we mentioned, we are in the home stretch. It is uh, it is getting to be that time. The ticket office can stop referring to Trevor Lawrence as, as 16, and they can you know freely do their jobs with, with using what will, of course, be the main attraction here. So, Jay, we're going to get out of here for the week. You know, you kind of alluded to it already, but, you know, is there anything that they should be on the lookout for as far as the uh, the Jaguars wire? Of course, you have another mock-up if you want to talk about that, and also here in the podcast. Yeah, we might carve out some time later to talk on the latest mock. Um, I put so much into the mocks and trying to make them realistic and accurate uh, that they're kind of they're, they're kind of they take a long time to do. So I might do one more. I don't know yet. I don't want to commit today. <laughs> I might do one more before the uh, the draft. Uh, we'll see. Um, I, I think I got one more. I mean, we'll see. But, um, yeah, I'll do one more of those. Um, maybe we'll talk on the, the most recent one next week or whatever the case may be. If we kind of uh, can't find topics, you know, how we get writer's block or podcaster's block in this case sometime. But, um, but yeah, just look for us to continue to cover the draft, the latest in draft news. Uh, shout out to Tyler. He's putting in a lot of work with me as well. I'll probably reach out to the guys as well, the rest of the Jaguars Wire guys, and see – if, um, you know what I'm saying, they want to help out during the draft and we'll collectively get y'all out the most content we can on draft day and, you know, the days following. Um, But, yeah, aside from that, you know, that's it. Um, Again, maybe we'll get the guys and link up. I think that's what that should be the next move, Phil, is like link everybody up and do one of those locker room sessions uh, on the locker room app or link everybody up on like Google Plus, Jacob, uh, everybody pretty much, um, Tyler, the whole nine and we'll just talk draft or something. Give somebody some, you know, give yeah. the people something different. You know what I'm saying? But um, we'll see a lot of our schedules kind of are all over the place, but we'll, we'll, we'll look into it. Well, again, of course, course everybody with the draft, draft coming up, there is going to be no shortage of content coming your way. Make sure to check it out over on the Jaguars wire.com. Of course, as I mentioned up at the top of the show, if you are enjoying and you haven't yet, and you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please head over there and leave a five-star review. Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn is also where you can find the show. Of course, you can find not only us, but Believe in the NFL Draft Prospects over on Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. Tweet the show or hit us up on Instagram at Believe in Jags Pod. You can find myself at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O, and Jay is over at SportsGrind underscore Don. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to believe in the Jaguars, but more importantly, believe in yourselves. We'll see you next time.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.